conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM. We continue the conversation on the talking point. It's 16 after 11 o'clock, final hour of the show. And we thought we'd use this time, and particularly this day, uh, the 17th of October, to remember the life of the slain anti-apartheid activist Ashley Creel. He was born on the 17th of October, an individual described as brave and one of the most influential activists in Bontehevel, a township in the Western Cape. Now, he was a member of Mkonto Wesizwe and was killed in 1987. He was just 20 years old. And, you know, there's still some of these gripping images of the funeral uh, that was held for him where mourners were harassed at his funeral and really a symbol of just um, how much he had contributed to the community and how much he was you know, how much he was the target of the then apartheid, apartheid government. Michelle Assure is Ashley's older sister. She joins us now. Michelle, good morning to you. Thanks for your time this morning. Good morning, Kathy. And good morning to the listeners. Thank you for having me. Thank you for making time to speak to us, Michelle. Irma Titus is a community member in Bontehevel and is also one of those that has been intentional about uh, helping her community remember the life of Ashley. Irma, good morning to you. Thanks for your time. Good morning and hello to your listeners. And hi, Marcy. Thank you so much for, for coming on, Irma. Firstly, let me just start with what a day like today means to you as a family, um, Michelle, especially given the fact that it is your brother's birthday, effectively. Yes, it's um, indeed a, a, a solemn occasion um, that we um, remember actually today. Um, it is um, obviously a, um, a very emotional um, feeling um, to for all these years. Also, starting as to speak um, on these occasions um, year after year, and um, today I salute my my brother. He was my only brother, as we call. Um, in the family, uh, he was Maputa. Yeah, and he would have been 56 years old. And he died at such a... Um, he was taken away brutally. And we were robbed of him, his life. And mm. um, at such a young and tender age, he was also, also just a kid. Irma, just last month, of course, you helped organize a march that was held um, on, on Heritage Day in particular uh, to remember the life of Ashley Creel, to remember uh, this freedom fri- fighter and, and his contribution to the struggle. What has that process been like for you as a young person, number one, having to come into awareness of who exactly he was, and then taking on that task, that responsibility of ensuring that his name will be remembered? I think, firstly, that, 
say I'm not that young anymore. I'm 37. And I think according to the youth policy, I'm no longer youth. But I think um, youth act- activism started when I was about 15 years old. And that's just thanks to my mother, comrade of Marshy and Ashley Creel. Um, they were young people together fighting the anti-apartheid struggle. So this it was um, political education was part of my daily bread. And mm. I think I also just um, took it upon myself in terms of passing on the torch. I think it's a culture that um, we need to nurture, the passing of the torch, because I think the problem with leadership today is not being able to let go. We've got so much people stuck in positions of power. And I, and I think um, Ashley is a great example of, of, of youth leadership. And and when 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 you are having conversations with young people, right? Because I think it's important the point that you are raising about leadership. What exactly is it that you are saying to them? Perhaps even about being active in the affairs of the country. And that doesn't automatically mean that one has to become a politician, but our democracy will certainly be better off when we have a lot more citizens that are actively engaging in in doing the work of helping us transform our society i think uh, young people need to come to a realization that um, that they they shouldn't ask uh, for permission to do what is their developmental prerogative and that is to, to lead on the issues that affect them. Um, I, I think post-94, we, we, we kind of stuck in um, uh, youth uh, practitioners like myself, um, people relying on youth practitioners to lead youth. And my advice is always that what youth need is freedom and enablement to do what they need to do uh, in their prerogative as young people. Because you're only young for a certain period of time, so your impact as a young person it needs to happen within a very short space of time. And if young people can realize that, they, they wouldn't um, sit around waiting for permission to do what they need to do and mm. speak up. Mm. Michelle, I want to come back to you because as a family, while you commemorate your brother's life, you have also been dealing um, for the last 35 years with the question of justice and the question of trying to ensure that those who are responsible, that were culpable, for his murder are brought to book. Speak to us about what that has be, experience has been like. It's, um, to the family, it has been one hell of an emotional ride or a roller coaster if I can and um, um, say 
eating that way. It's been one hour for the house. Up to this hour, um, we as a family still have no closure. And um, I want to appeal to our, our Minister of Justice. For the Minister to please intervene to bring justice to our family, and not only our family. I am part of a family group of all those who have fallen and all those who have been murdered and maimed by the apartheid era police. And on behalf of our family and all the families, please, Minister, I beg of you, come and let justice prevail. I think the time is long overdue for our families to suffer and go through all of these emotions. Because if one can just imagine that every year when it's time to commemorate our fallen comrades, we must go through the rollercoaster of emotions. Earlier on this year, there seemed to be some movement, at least from the National Prosecuting Authority, in as far as the review um, that 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 is concerned, a review of the cause of death of your brother, the cause of death uh, for your brother. What has happened since then? Have they been in touch with you? Um, what what can you give us as 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 the feedback from that process? Well, the, um, through what you are saying, um, the NPA was in contact with the family, but mm. we as a family still feel that they are moving at too slow a pace. Because that was now a few months ago, if I'm still under correction, I think it's almost three months ago. And I haven't heard anything as yet, mm. up to now. And um, the concern is they they dragging this thing so long. We need closure and we need closure now. A few years ago, I also got a visit from the NGO before this one recently. But it took me almost two years again to come back. And everything just got quiet. So we as a family, we demand justice. And justice must prevail. And we demand it now. Mm. Mm. Irma, this this call for justice is is an important one because 
there are many families, as Michelle has, has pointed out, that are living with the pain, with the trauma, with the unfinished business of the past. How do you then help these families or take up the cause effectively? Because what we have here is inaction on the part of the state that these families are, are looking at for, for answers. Yeah, I mean, they say justice delayed is justice denied, but I think where justice is concerned in our country, it is problematic and crisis. But I think as a creative, I belong to Black, which is the Bontival Legacy Arts Collective, who in collaboration organized the memory walk with the history and uh, historical society of Bontival. And I think from a, from a cultural activist point of view, um, there is justice in telling our stories. And that is, that is always a good place to start for me as a, as a creative. It's the reason um, we, we established a, a group of storytellers, um, and and also perhaps just to clarify, a lot of people talk about us having had a march. It was actually a memory walk, so you, where you would have had ten or five um, international tourists coming for on a township tour. What we were essentially trying to do is promote local cultural tourism and allow people to come to some sort of realization that telling these stories shouldn't, shouldn't be um, for the benefit of, of, of foreign visitors, but there is a sense of dignity and pride and justice that gets fulfilled in sharing our stories. Because remember, we come from a legacy where our stories were banned, where our people were banned. So mm -hmm. it is important not only for young people to hear these stories, but for us to reignite the spirit in which those stories are told. And that in itself, I believe, is justice. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's such, that, that, that's such a, a, an important point to make, Irma, because, again, it speaks to giving people the platform to have their experiences acknowledged and not to have those experiences silenced. We'll continue with this conversation with Irma Titus and Michelle Asher after the latest news headlines. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Leading the conversation. We're reflecting on the life and times of Ashley Creel, an anti-apartheid activist and influential member of his community in Bontehevel in the Western Cape, also somebody whose life was brutally cut short by the apartheid regime today. Um, the 17th of October is the day he was born. We're in conversation with his elder sister, Michelle Asher, and community builder in Bontehevel, Irma Titus. Michelle, I want to come back to you and, and just speak from a family perspective. I would imagine that there was a lot of expectation over what would happen 
once there was a democratic government in this country, especially when it comes to uh, questions and, and the pursuit of, of justice for some of, uh, the, not even for some, but for for all of the murders that would have taken place um, under the apartheid government, especially where people were, were targeted and deliberately killed. How do you feel that today you still have to ask for intervention on this matter? I actually, it's actually very, very disturbing. And I, um, I never thought that it would um, take this long. I mean, and this year, it's 34 years since Ashley died. This year it was 34 years. And I, um, as I said earlier, how long will the families have to practically plead from our government? It is our, our, our a government born out of a struggle which all these people sacrifice their lives for. And I'm sure some people sometimes ask what would Ashley have said if he was alive. With many times I feel what I don't know, I don't know what he would have thought. I what I don't know I can't tell. Mm. But but Actually, he became an activist from the early, very, very tender age of 14 years old. And he paid the price for his organization with his life. So I, I feel also as a family, the African National Congress has been our home and will always remain our home. So, my appeal to, to our government is to please lead to our call. And, and and when you see when you see the work that is being done um, by people such as Irma and you see the contribution that it has in the community so yes there is this unresolved business of getting justice for the family but being able to have your family story and the stories of many others who find themselves in a pos in a similar position being shared with the community what role do you think that plays you know i must say that our our the family that 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 has been affected we speak with one voice and I 
want to take this opportunity to, to thank Irma for coming to share this platform with me today. Thank you, Irma. Because in some sort of way, all of your contributions is also has also become a pillar of sitting mm. to our family. Thank you again, Irma. And thank you also to all the families for the contribution. Irma, let me come back to you and, and perhaps get ready to wrap the conversation up here. You talked about the role of storytelling and what the platform to these families to be able to share some of their stories also means. But it is also very much about the fact that we cannot afford to have generations of people that are in this country not fully know, not fully understand where we come from. Yeah, I think what was important for for us to kind of pro, uh, problematize and bring to surface and and just unearth is is a reminder that the struggle, the reason Ashley died, um, ninety four didn't happen because uh, people were, wanted democracy so that people, uh, so that activists can have cause and cavellas. No. What we wanted was power, people's power. I, I, I was only two years old when Ashley died. But I knew that coming out of the womb, that this struggle was, was not for cause and cavellas, it was for people's power. So in organizing a memory walk, it became a pretext for just that. Because if you think of the logistics just of any community event, right? It requires a certain amount of grassroots work and people need to take ownership. So the memory walk is simply a pretext like most other uh, community activities to unearth that collective action and power of 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 collective of speaking with one voice. Mm. Um, uh, Titus, let me thank you so much for your time and your contributions uh, to this co conversation. A community builder in Born to Hevel, Michelle Asher, who is Ashley Creel's elder sister, also uh, being part of this conversation.